Well, hello, everybody, and thank you so much for joining us today on the Fairview Family Ministry Podcast. I'm John, and on today's episode, we have Pastor Devin Black, who is the worship and administration pastor here at Fairview Church, and we're going to be talking about finances. That's right. We're going to be talking about how healthy finances can help impact our families and how we can teach our kids to be good stewards as well what God has given us. I hope you'll enjoy this conversation. If you want to know more about Fairview Church or about our ministry here at Fairview, you can go to myfairview.org and find all about our church and our family ministry. All right, let's dive in. Well, hello, everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Today, we have Devin Black, our worship pastor slash, what's your other title? So it's pastor of worship and administration. Pastor of worship and administration here with us in the house. It's going to be a really great conversation on healthy finances and healthy families. But before we do that, Devin, will you just introduce yourself if anybody's listening that may not be, uh, or maybe new to Fairview, or maybe they don't know Fairview at all and they have no clue who you are. Why don't you introduce yourself and why you're passionate about this topic and speak a little closer to the mic. Thank you. You think I'd know this as I know. the worship pastor, right? <laughs> for those of you who don't know me, yeah, my name is Devin Black. I've been here at Fairview for going on nine years. Uh, I was brought on as the worship pastor, um, and over those years, uh, my duties have grown, as they tend to do. Uh, and so I, I now also help oversee the church finances with the finance team, and so I, I help oversee the administration side of things here at Fairview. Um, that's weird. That is a, a weird thing. It's not usually that your music guy has anything to do <laughs> anywhere close to do with finances or anything like that. Um, but that's not completely, um, you know, I have some background in it. I, I, I have an undergrad degree in music, of course, at Belmont University. Uh, but then I, I did go back and get a master's of business administration later on. So I do have some, some foundational education on that side of things. And then this interest in, in personal finance um, really popped up in the past few years. Um, you know, the other very important part of my life, I'm married to Kaylee. We've been married for 14 years. And um, we have two girls together, and we've, we've been here in Middle Tennessee for the entirety of our marriage. Um, but the area of personal finance was actually a very weak part in my life for quite a long time. Um, in fact, Kaylee thinks it's hysterical that I'm on this side of things now to the point that I'm, I'm offering counseling services to people for finances <laughs> because that's just ridiculous. If you would have talked to us when we were first married, you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't miss a credit card opportunity, um, you know, and just, just spent really poorly, really, really unwisely. Um, and really, honestly, any any sort of uh, you know financial stewardship that we had up to this point was all thanks to Kaylee. Um, she was much more disciplined in that and brought me along kicking and screaming. Thank and the so, Lord for wise absolutely. Wives. Um, yes, uh, a loving God um, gave me exactly what I needed in Kaylee, and um, I'm so grateful for that. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I got interested in personal finance just because you know, kind of became aware of our own things that we needed to make adjustments and, and, and do what needed to be done there. And then also just saw the, the positive side of that in our lives, 
um, and then just recognize that you know this this really is it's a weakness in a lot of people for a lot of people in our in our culture um, in our churches and um, personal finance for the most part really isn't taught these days um, it's one of those things that's caught not taught and a lot of the stuff that people are catching from their families and, and, and their parents uh, might not necessarily be helpful and so I just saw this void um, and and wanted to, to do my best to be a service to the church um, to hopefully be a, an asset and a resource nice yeah I, I think I have the same experience I didn't I did not uh, have the best practices with money and with uh, finances, the Lord and His providence. You know, we I got married to Amber, who is wonderful at financial uh, kind of planning and kind of preparing. But for me, I remember the turning point for me in thinking about um, healthy finances in my own life was uh, right after college. I had just graduated. And the church that I was on staff at required every staff member to take Financial Peace University, Mm -hmm. uh, which you may mention at some point in this uh, podcast, but uh, we were required to take it as staff members. And I remember just being blown away at just um, what seemed like easy knowledge to attain, like it wasn't that complicated, you know, it's a lot of like, oh yeah, that makes total sense when it comes to your finances. But I had never, you know, while my parents were good at, you know, uh, balancing checkbooks and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff like but we just never really talked about sure. it a whole lot you know and so um, I didn't really have a whole lot of framework to work from and it was just uh, really uh, helped shape me and get it on my radar and then once I uh, started pursuing um, you know uh, a family right when when Amber and I got married it became a lot more real right because yeah. now I'm not just responsible for myself you know we're responsible for our families and it became a lot more um a lot more at the forefront in my mind because I'm taking care of other people, right? And yep. we're, we're, we have a family now and we've got mouths to feed and and it became a lot more important for me to kind of handle those finances. So um, that's that's for me and my background and my story yep. is uh, similar, right? It, it didn't really come uh, really real for me until I was uh, married and started having a family. And then I really started seeing the importance of, of wise of wise practices when it came to our money. So uh, I want to jump into a couple questions and then we can kind of see where the conversation leads. The first conversation is what is the relationship between healthy uh, families and healthy finances? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, You know, one kind of sidebar before we really dive into that, you know, of course, like anything, it's not mutually exclusive just because you, you know, take the steps to become healthy financially doesn't automatically mean you're going to have a healthy family and vice versa. You can, be a mess possibly financially and still have a healthy family um i think though the data shows um that being intentional with finances and being unified in finances in your marriage um, is huge um there's the the statistics out there that in north america um you know the number one cause of divorce and marital strife is financial issues whether that's um disagreements on how money should be spent or um, maybe just not enough because of poor planning, uh, but it's the number one stressor. And so obviously if you're able to tackle the biggest issue and get unified about it um, if you're married or uh, just taking responsibility for it if you're single, um, that's gonna open up a whole world of, of peace that a lot of people don't experience, mm. um, unfortunately. Um, and that's that's really the heartbeat behind this is um, with, with my calling with this is, you know, I want to, I want to be an asset. I want to help save marriages. I want to help, um, empower families. 
um, to live free, to live uh, stress as stress free as possible. Again, the mo- money isn't the isn't the answer for all things, uh, but if you got some, it certainly helps in in some <laughs> areas. Sure. You know, when I think through families and when I think through uh, the implications of, of healthy finances. I think that finances really show our selfishness a mm-hmm. lot of times. And so uh, we all want things, we all desire things. And in your marriage, I think a lot of strife happens when you want to spend money on something sure. that you want, somebody else doesn't want to spend money on that. And uh, it's an act of being selfless to surrender your mm-hmm. wants and your needs for the betterment of your family and for the other person. And I think that's a, a, a practice that we should have. Now, we don't want to be too stringent on that. Like, you know, God, I think God gives us freedom to use our money for things that sure. we desire and want and those sorts of things. So I'm not saying that we should uh, be, you know, curmudgeon and just yeah. keep on a hold of everything. But I do believe that um, it is a practice of selfless to surrender some of your wants and your desires, even if you have the money to do so. Sure. So I think there's a lot of implica- implications on our spiritual walk with Christ. Discipline mm-hmm. and uh, being selfless and being sacrificial, all that plays into um, how you handle your finances with if you're married with another person yeah. and your family. So when we think through healthy families uh-huh. and healthy finances, how does that impact our discipleship with our kids like what what how does that impact anything that we do for spiritual growth with yeah. our children uh let's let's talk about that yeah for sure uh, i mean there's a number of things um kind of tying back to what we talked about just you know the peacefulness that comes with kind of having things managed in a, in a healthy way you just kind of have the headspace for it if you're constantly um just concerned about you know you're out of money and you've got a lot more month left there's stress there. You, you don't have the, the emotional or mental capacity in a lot of instances um, to then be a good disciple or, or to focus on those things because you're so distracted by paying your bills. Um, and, you know, that, that's, that's one thing for sure. But from a, you know, the other side of it, another spiritual side of it is just modeling stewardship to your kids. Um, you know, I think we often forget we don't we look at money as you know something that we have um but really i think it's a good thing to to see the money that the the income that you are provided um it's it's an assignment it's it's a responsibility um we recognize of course that everything belongs to the lord but but he has placed it in your care to then steward faithfully and so you're modeling that to your kids um whether that's intentionally like showing them you know, this is this is how money works. This is this is what bills are, and this is this is how we pay them and make sure they're paid on time. Um, or, you know, even the opposite of showing poor stewardship, um, of of making poor decisions, of of not getting into the rhythm of uh, denying yourself when necessary. Um, Self denial is such a huge thing, or delayed gratification, I guess, would be a better thing, which is. You know, it, it's it's almost like a superpower these days um, in our world because we, we have everything we want or need at our fingertips. In addition, today we have such easy access to credit and additional funds um, that's not necessarily earned money that we have to go get. We can just sign up for it. Um, so again, that, that, that allows us to fulfill wants and desires 
with immediacy rather than delayed gratification, which is such an important thing to model and also just to, to possess in your life. Yeah, I, th- I think you hit something really important there. So I, I play a lot of video games. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the development of video games from uh, when I was a kid to now, there's something that huge, there's a big difference. When I was a kid, you paid $50 or $40 or whatever for the game and you got the whole yeah, entire that thing. That was it. You got the whole entire game and you can play it. Um, you know, my, my kids, my boys love playing games. Every game that's on my cell phone now that they play, whether it's Thomas the Train or whatever it is, you get the game for free a lot of times, Mm -hmm. but then it's like, oh, but you need this for only a couple more dollars, or you get this, or there's a special sale, or it's as easy as tapping a button and just spending money. Um, And if you look at other games that our teenagers are playing, in order to be the best in a game, you have to spend more money. Or if you run out of supplies, a button pops up. Oh, for just an extra mm-hmm. dollar, you can. And I think it's teaching us that what you're mentioning is we're not allowing us to. Uh, we want that instant graphic gratification. We want to be the best automatically. We want to maybe take shortcuts so we're willing to pay for it. Yeah. And that's just not a healthy way to live. And yet that is what is being taught to our students. So in a culture that seems to be practicing very bad habits, yeah. whether that is the amount of credit and debit cards are, credit cards are trying to get you to, to open, or whether it's in video games and just the instant gratification of skipping levels or you know buying new things like my kids have in their video games, uh, it's practicing a lot of bad habits. And if they aren't being taught good habits and fi- good financial healthy habits, then they're going to grow up thinking that you know, that these things are normal, that they're okay, and they need someone to speak into their life and say, hey, there's a healthy way to go about this because I really believe when Scripture says you cannot serve both God and money, the whole point is that we can take a lot of shortcuts with money. We don't need to be dependent on God with money, and there's a danger in relying fully on the finances and those sorts of things and not relying on God, but I think we can rely too much on the finances to bring what we're looking for and different, you know, you know, different desires that we want. And we're not willing to stop and to sacrifice and surrender some of those things so we could follow the Lord in a healthy manner and uh, practice healthy practices in our finances. Absolutely. And and a point towards that, that I just want to kind of challenge people to, to consider is try and be a more critical or shrewd consumer. You have to realize that we are the most marketed to population in history, um, whether that's in games. Oh, I mean, they know exactly when to pop that up, how to word it, sure. to manipulate you into spending money. And it's not just there. It's scrolling Facebook and them tracking what you're watching to have you know targeted uh, marketing opportunities for you to click and to buy and to shop. Um, credit card companies spend millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars in marketing to know how to best keep you in debt so they can continue to collect um, interest off of you. Um, the whole issue of debt is, a, is another topic, um, of course, but it's it's they have so much in the game to keep you on the wheel and to keep you chasing your tail. I just want to encourage people to just stop for a moment and just, again, be more critical, be more shrewd in thinking of why why am I falling for this? Or what's is there an ulterior motive of this? It's, it's not necessarily for your good that that these companies are wanting to to spend money um and so yeah just just to be more more shrewd question things a bit more but i think like you know having that understanding of like 
there's this balance to you have to live right and mm-hmm. so your house is a really big purchase sure. so if you're going to be doing that then you know you know, maybe obviously if you had the money just to buy a house with full sure. cash, that would be awesome. But I don't think majority of the people know, It's do a great that. goal to have. Some people do it. Yeah, they yeah. It's they a can great goal. I would, that'd be amazing. But I think for us, you know, when we think about finances, when it comes to our daily practices, yep. what are some goals that we can say, here's like, if, if a family says, mm-hmm. I don't really know where to start yep. or don't know where to begin. Um, I can't pay off my house. You know, sure. like that's a yeah. too big of a goal, yeah. even though that would be awesome. Um, what are some goals for them that they can say like for this year, upcoming year yeah. that we can practice and put into our families to help us kind of get on the right path? Absolutely. And, and yeah. I think the first most important thing for anyone, any family, any individual is a budget. I know it's not exciting, but it's huge. Um, and stick to it. And st- well, yeah, stick to it. And a caveat about that: if, if you're fir- if this is you're, you're new into the world, you've just been flying by the seat of your pants. Um, you know, you're just checking your bank account every day to see if you have money to spend, and you have no plan. Um, recognize and set the expectation that budgeting takes a good three to four months to really get it right. The first one or two. You're, you're going to get it so wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are ways to try and kind of dial that in some. You know, one thing is you can you can get your bank statement from the previous month and just categorize what you've spent, where it goes. That'll be eye-opening for one thing because uh, most people don't realize how much they spend on things. Mostly people don't realize how much they spend eating out and on groceries. It's more than you think for most people. Um, the other thing is uh, uh, streaming services. Uh People forget that they have 18 of them and they're spending $200 a month on streaming services they don't need or use. So that's an interesting thing to look at. But I sell that to say the budget is huge because it, it sets a plan for the month. You need a unique budget for every month. Now there are some things on the budget that never changes, but you you can have some forethought in knowing, okay, you know, this is something that only gets paid twice a year. So that's happening this month. And, and again, this, is, this takes practice. You're gonna miss things, um, but it's worth the effort. If everybody would take the time to spend every dollar on paper before the month begins, you then have a plan for the month. You know where your money is going to go. Top line you put, I know I'm going to have this much income. Now, if you have a regular income, there are some things we can work through. I'd be happy to, to talk more about that if we need to. But for the most part, most people know I'm going to get, uh, I have two paychecks this month. The first one is this much on this day. The second one is this much on this day. And then you list all of your bills and you assign every dollar a task. Just in doing that, you're going to be, what Dave Ramsey likes to say, he says you're gonna tell your money what to do rather than wonder where it went. And that's, it's so huge. In doing that, honestly, and I, I felt the same way when this happened, you feel like you got a raise just by doing that because you see, wow, this is, this is where all this is going. And you kind of start seeing maybe some, some faults and like, oh, I really shouldn't be spending that much on this category. Uh, let's let's kind of button down on that a little bit and spend it elsewhere. Um, so yeah, that would be my first entry level. If you hear nothing else in this podcast, do a budget. And there are some some pretty great tools to help you do that. Uh, the the one I advocate for that I use personally is the Every Dollar app. It's free on your phone. There's also you can log into it on your computer as well. But it, it that's the name of Every Dollar. You spend every dollar on purpose on paper. 
And that doesn't mean like I'm going to blow all my money, but what it means is if you're going to put towards savings, you go ahead and, and put on there, I'm putting this much towards savings. You've spent that money, for lack of a better term. So there's nothing outlying. There's no gray area. It's a plan. So every dollar, um, there is a paid version of that that connects directly to your bank, which can import all of your transactions, which is handy, but you don't need that. Um, you can just put them in as you spend money. There are multiple free um, spreadsheets that you can use and print off and track it that way um, or by hand as well. Uh, people do it on paper all the time. Sure. So first goal is create a budget. What about a second goal from like a financial? Sure. So I, I think the budget's huge. Um, the, the other goal is, is just that is, you know, if you're married, you know, you and your, your husband or wife, you need to dream together. Think long term. Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Uh, big dreams, big thoughts. Like, because uh, so much of us, we, we can't think past Friday, let alone on into the future. So ask your question like, you know, are we going to want to help pay for our kids' college someday? Well, that might have put a pit in everyone's stomach just now saying that, like, I can't even pay my bill this month. How am I going to think about paying for a kids' college fund in the future? Well, that's kind of the hope is this sort of kind of springs you into action to do something. So, but think about that. So do we want to pay for our kids' college? Um, do we want to someday just be outrageously generous? Well, being outrageously generous, you know, requires, you know, having some extra money um, in the mix here. So you have to have a goal of where to go and then the steps to get there. Um, and then the one thing that I think is a lot of people, especially younger people, 20s, 30s, even 40s, are not thinking about is retirement. Um, there is going to be a day that you stop working and you're going to have to live on something. And I'm not saying that Social Security is going to go away, but it already is barely, it probably isn't even a living wage at this point. Uh, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put my hopes on that. Um, there is some responsibility, I think, in, in having some forethought to plan for that because you're going to have to eat when you're done working. And wouldn't you like to spend your golden years um, not stressed about money, but having taken the time, set the goals to build a nest egg so you can live comfortably, to be a blessing uh, to others? Um, so, yeah, that, that's a thing. Just, just dream with your spouse or the trips you want to go on. That gives you kind of the horizon to shoot for. And then we can talk about what are the, the, the tactical steps that we need to take to get to that. Mm-hmm. One of the things that I was picking up as you were speaking on was uh, was kind of this idea of freedom, like the freedom yep. to dream, the freedom yep. to kind of think forward, you know, not being uh, constrained to this week or this month, but really being able to have the freedom to dream. And, and obviously it's not the freedom to, you know, blow all your money sure. and be irresponsible, but there is something to... Uh, to the fact of when I hear of needs or something like mm-hmm. that, that you know my family wants to give towards, but maybe I can't because yeah. I haven't been responsible with my money. And I want to feel the freedom to be able to give towards needs or when I hear something about you know supporting a missionary or mm-hmm. um, something like that. Like I want to be able to give towards those things, but I may not be able to because my budget is crazy and messed yeah. up and, and I don't have the freedom to do that. And I think, uh, so whether it's a big thing 
you know, thinking through your retirement mm-hmm. or your future or a trip, you know, having the freedom to do that without feeling burdensome in any way there. Sure. But even just the freedom to help out need. What are some steps between budgeting mm-hmm. and kind of dreaming for the future sure. as your horizon? Because I think that's important. Having an end goal is going to motivate you to uh, restrict Absolutely. your wallet a little bit um, to be more intentional. Uh, but uh, what are some of the in-between goals that are important for families to put in place yeah, I think I think most important um, is to just have a plan, and there are tons of plans out there as far as being intentional with finances. Um, me personally, I advocate for uh, the Dave Ramsey plan because it's simple um, and it works. Um, you know, you say the word. That's kind of a Dave Ramsey is a buzzword. You, there there are three modes. People are like who's that guy. Um, people are like I hate that guy, <laughs> and people are like I love. Like they've totally just bought in. And I lean towards that side of it. Uh, I wasn't always there. I thought he was um, insane at first until I dipped my toe in the water. But um, the point is any plan is better than no plan. If you're just, again, willy-nilly flying by the seat of your pants, you will be, you will struggle. Now, some people might have high incomes. And I I do want to make this clarification. A a high income does not necessarily mean um, you're wise with money. You might be, for a time, out earning your stupidity, uh, but that can often catch up to people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing that, that Dave Ramsey does talk about is broke doctors. Um, you know, doctors, we think, gosh, this is like the pinnacle. They make so much money, and a lot of them are just, they spend all of it, and they're terrible with money. Um, not all of them, but but that, you know, it's just the point of money, again, the income is not the solution. There are people who never sure. make more than $60,000 a year as a household who can thrive financially. They might they may might not be, you know, multimillionaires by the time they get to the end of it, but they lived a life of peace and freedom sure. because they had a plan and stuck to it. So, um, you know, we can get into the the, the nuts and bolts of, of the Dave Ramsey plan if we want to, um, but the, the, the most important thing is have a plan uh, that, that takes you down the road, that addresses those things like having savings for emergencies, um, that puts money aside for retirement, um, that, that's doing all you can to, to maybe to free yourself from unnecessary burdens like excess debt. Um, and, and I would advocate for debt, period, um, trying to, to be free of that. So what would be your recommendation for allocation of uh, maybe percentage of your income. So let's say you make, you know, your income, what percentage should be going to savings? Mm-hmm. You know, what should they sh- be shooting for yeah. in these different areas? Well, I'm going to, you know, just kind of quickly run through the what I see as the ideal, which, which again, is this this plan that Dave Ramsey and his team has, has advocated for and come up with that's backed up by lots and lots of data. Um, if you're just starting out and you have no money, as quickly as possible, save a thousand dollars, and that might be more money than anyone has ever had in a bank account before. But what that does, that gives you just a little bit of buffer between you and life. If you need, you know, a tire goes out and you need to replace it, you're not just throwing it on a credit card. Um, you have some margin to be able to address that issue with cash. Um, I would advocate that. Now that's just starter. That that's it's bare bones beginning. We're at the start of the process. Um, and then I would seriously, seriously try and promote everybody to do all they can to get out of consumer debt. Um, this, this would be anything that's not your mortgage. So if you have your mortgage, we're going to worry about that later. Of course, pay for your mortgage. Make your payments, but just make your minimum payments on your mortgage. 
and then after you've done this this budget, you know how much money you have, you know how much margin you have to then start throwing toward debt, and um, and just you know just pay it off. And this could take some time. This takes intentionality. But I promise you that once you get all those payments out of your life, there's a lot of freedom there, because um, you know if you don't the old the old adage that you know the borrower is slave to the lender. People think that oh, that's kind of silly. Yeah, could be, but if if you decide not to pay your car payment, they're gonna come get your car. You're slave to that person because they own it. You're just paying them off. Um, so there's there's a great amount of freedom that comes from just getting that out of your life. And then once that's done, that's when you really shoot for a, a savings of three to six months of expenses. That gives you a huge buffer against the bumps of life. That that means if you have, you know, a cataclysmic fail, failure in your home. You got to put a new heating system for ten grand. You have the money, and you don't have to finance it. Um, that's that's huge. There's freedom that comes from that. And then once we get past that point, that's when we're on to the long-term things. And after that point, that's after you've paid off your debt, you've you've saved an emergency fund that's three to six months of expenses. That's when you start really putting way towards retirement. And again, I advocate for fifteen percent of your income. That's a lot, but if you have no payments. It's easy to make that. And that's going to set you up that long-term future. You're going to have the opportunity to retire someday and to do so comfortably. Um, Maybe even possibly build a small amount of wealth that you could be extremely generous with. Um, So that's that's huge. One thing I do want to kind of backtrack on through all of this. Now, this is is a, a personal conviction for people to consider, but generosity is a huge part of our identity in Christ. Um, our identity just as people being image bearers of God. Um, you know, people are, are, are split on whether or not um, tithing and, and offering all that stuff has its place while you're paying off debt. I would suggest for any believer um, to make that a priority. Um, and that might itself be an initial goal. Um, like, Devin, I, I can't tithe right now. I can't give up 10% of my income. I'm barely making it. And I, there's no shame for that person. No shame whatsoever. Um, God's just more interested in, in you flexing that muscle of generosity. Um, he doesn't need your money. He will use it for his glory if you give it to him. Um, but I, I don't want there to be any, any shame or, or anything with that, but to let that be kind of an additional motivator of, I've got to get my stuff together. I've got to get organized so that I can, I can give generously, um, at least up to a tithe, and then maybe later on down the pike, uh, once I'm saving for retirement, I can do some some outlandish things for people. Um, that that's a huge heartbeat in this as well, of, of being having the freedom like we talked about before. That's what I love about Dave Ramsey's kind of course, is that he's constantly talking about generosity yeah. and how the the sacrifices you're making now really are to help you in the future not only for you but for other people so that you can be generous and you can help others and i think that's a a big motivator if you're in this just to have a budget and to have a healthier family Mm -hmm. then that's a good motivation to have a healthier family but you know ultimately god wants to call us to love others and to help others and i think there's a way to do that when we're responsible with our money so i think there is some implications here for the great commission and and, uh, supporting god's work in the world but also just seeing needs out in our culture uh, with strangers and being able to bless them and share the love of christ with them by by meeting a need that they have i think that's super important Uh, any last uh 
pieces of wisdom you want to give? Sure, sure. Um, just the, the back end of those, those steps as well. I talked about saving the 15%. This is also when you start trying to put away money for a college fund for kids if you want to help with that. And one point I did want to make, there, I don't believe there's any moral obligation for you to, that you are obligated to pay for your kid's schooling. Um, if you decide to go that thought, that, that is completely between you and the Lord, between you and your spouse, if that's something you want to do. Um, but that, that's where that would probably happen. And then also, then above that, any any additional, that's when we're just trying to get rid of our house payment. Because um, just imagine, and that's kind of what I want to point to, is imagine, imagine a life where you don't owe anybody anything. The income that comes to your uh, bank account is yours to do with. It's not spoken for. It's not, it's not already been carved out to be pushed away towards bills. Now you always have your electric bill, your utilities, and food, and all that. But you don't owe anybody anything. That's a great goal to have, and it is attainable. It is possible. Millions of people have done it, um, and it's it's a worthy call. Again, for the freedom it provides, the, the peace it provides, the security it provides. Again, it's it's not our God. It's not it's not what we serve and, and what we worship and you know the ultimate goal. But it can it, it just opens you up to be an, an, another way to be a conduit of God's love to other people, um, and being generous and having the freedom to do so. Um, so, you know, just a couple a couple takeaways for people here at Fairview Church. You know, I'm available. Uh, this is this is one of my passions is helping people with this, and I've met with with some families already to to talk through this to try and give some guidance and counsel and encouragement and conviction where necessary, uh, calling out. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm a resource, and I'd love to do that. Uh, we also have, an, you know, coming up, we'll, we'll be doing. Uh, we'll be coordinating Financial Peace University here at, at Fairview um, in the near future, so be watching for that if you want to get into that class and um, and learn these these steps that I talked about in more detail. Um, that's a great place to start as well. Um, but really, yeah, the the, the takeaway if, again, if you hear nothing else, do a budget, do it together, do it on purpose, um, and and you'll at least start to see the light at the end of the tunnel for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my, my last encouragement to families is be of one accord together. Yeah. Um, again, as you mentioned at the very beginning, which I think was so powerful, of the peace that you can have in your marriage. Um, when you're in it together and you are making decisions together financially mm-hmm. and you're not being selfish but selfless, being sacrificial and you're working together, uh, not only will it grow your marriage, but it's going to make your family healthier Absolutely. and allow you to disciple your kids because you're going to be able to um, – Show them what it means to be responsible and being good stewards of what God has given you, uh, no matter how great or how small that may be. Um, I think the Lord desires just the heart of it to to want to be a good steward. And uh, well, Devin, appreciate you being here. Thank you so much for this conversation. And uh, yeah, and you want to say goodbye? Yeah, thanks for having me and and uh, talking about this exciting world of personal finance. <laughs> Let's sing a song now. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again. Bye.
Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. If you have any questions or you want to reach out, you can do so at myfairview.org. I hope this was a blessing to you. And if you would be so kind to leave us a review, a generous one would be very nice. Uh, So a nice one, not a mean one. Uh, We are just trying to get this podcast up and rolling for our Fairview Church family. But we know that this can bless other families as well outside of our church. And so we are hoping uh, for some good feedback there. And that would be super duper helpful to us. We love you all and we're so grateful that you are here with us and yeah that's uh, pretty much it and i hope you guys have a blessed week till next time this is pastor john bye